I would like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to another lecture given by members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Ewell. And the vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the word or son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and correct name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. 
In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or sign, a super and corporal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given into salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives of the class are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh or Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to 
earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we would like to have the class dedicated in prayer by uh, Dr. Zamar Gregory, followed by scripture, which will be Jeremiah the 10th chapter read by Dr. Andre McDaniel. Uh, let's all bow our hearts and minds. I want to thank Yahshua for allowing us to once together come together uh, and congregate with the brethren, spiritually fed. I ask that we all may um, be open and um, honest with our intentions to learn and for us to be able to receive some more knowledge and spiritual food for us to consume. In his name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 10th chapter, right? Yep, Jeremiah 10. Alrighty. Hear ye the word, excuse me. Hear ye the word which Yahweh speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith Yahweh, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of, of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen, with the axe. They dig with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers, that it move not. They are up as the palm tree, but see not. They must need, they must needs be born, because they not, uh, because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Yahweh, thou art great, and thy name is great and mighty. Who will fear not, who will fear not thee, O King of nations? For to thee doeth in a paratain, for as much as among all the wise men of the nations, and in their kingdoms there is none like unto thee. But they are altogether brutish and foolish. Their stock is a doctrine of vanities. Silver spread into plates is brought from Tarish, and gold from Uphaz. The work of the workmen and of the hands of the founder. Blue and purple is their clothing. They are all the work of the cunning man, of cunning man. But Yahweh is the true Elohim. He is the living Elohim and everlasting king. At his wrath and earth shall tremble, and the nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. Thus shall ye say unto them, the deities that have not made the heavens and earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. He hath made the earth by his power, 
he has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens by his discretion. When he uttered his voice, there is a multitude of waters in the heavens, and he causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings with rain and bringeth forth the wind out of his treasures. Every man is brutish and is without knowledge. Every founder more contemptible than his graven image, for his molten image is falsehood, and there is no breath in them. They are vanity and the work of errors. In the time of their visitation, they shall perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the creator of all things, and Israel is the rod of his inheritance. Yahweh of hosts is his name. Gather up thy wares out of thy land, O inhabitant of the besieged city. For thus saith Yahweh, behold, I will sling out of the inhabitants of the land at this once, and will enclose them that they may find them. Woe is me for my hurt. My wound, my wound is grievous, but I said, truly this is my punishment, and I must bear it. My tabernacle is spoiled, and all my cords are broken. My children are going forth of me, and they are not. There is none to, none to stretch forth my tent anymore, and to set up my curtains. For the pastors are become brutish, and have not sought Yahweh. Therefore they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be scattered. Behold, the noise of the report is come, and a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate and a den of dragons. O Yahweh, I know that the man, O Yahweh, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. O Yahweh, correct me, but with judgment. Not in thy anger, lest thou bring me to nothing. Pour out thy fury upon the heathen that thy know thee not, and upon the families that call not on thy name, for they have eaten up Jacob and devoured him and consumed him, and have made his inhabitant and have made his habitation desolate. So it's the reading of the tenth chapter, Jeremiah. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. McDaniel, for the scripture and Dr. Gregory for the prayer. I want to once again welcome everyone out to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield Michigan class. We want to thank you for joining us tonight. We always appreciate your attendance and willingness to come together to learn more about our Heavenly Father, Yahweh, as he really is and actually exists. And I also want to acknowledge our visiting brethren. We see you. We appreciate your attendance and your support always. We'd like to remind all the participants to keep your cameras off. Also to keep your microphones on mute unless you're called on to speak or you are one of the readers. And the scripture today was based on the pagan holiday that's coming up, which is Christmas, we all know. And the first part of that talked about the Christmas tree. So we wanted to ask, and it's not mandatory, but we wanted to ask our uh, speakers tonight if you could touch on this holiday and what the true uh, meaning of it is and um, how it goes by the pattern. So with that, I wanted to first uh, call on our first speaker of the evening, the Dean of the Southfield Michigan class, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Dr. Lewis.
Uh, good evening, everyone. Good Once evening. again, it's an honor and a privilege to be in the presence of this great teaching and this mm -hmm. great revelation, vision of revelation given to our founder and dean. And the comment I would like to make about this holiday that we're all so anxious to get to so we can have a day off, also that we can commune with our family and friends and express our love and concern about each other, the members of our family and relatives. But the most important thing about Thanksgiving is, is Christmas. we're not giving Thanksgiving to y'all. Okay. We're not going to give Thanksgiving to Yahweh for our houses and our cars. And we're going to thank Yahweh that he has allowed us to come into a profound knowledge and understanding and to accept this teaching for the revelations that were given to us. And we've come to understand and recognize that this teaching has the ability to give us eternal life. And it's not just the teachings, it's the teachings of the visualization of the revelation that Yahshua the Messiah has given to his sons. And we also have, of course, you know, the most common holiday of the year coming up, Xmas, or more sovereignly known as Christmas, which derives from the term Christmas. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about it. Most of us are familiar with it. But I will say this about it. And if you continue to join with our lectures that we have on a regular basis, is you will come to understand and realize the same as we, the members of the Southfield branch, have come to understand and realize, is that it's backwards. It is a pagan holiday, and it's not worthy of being associated with the creator of heaven and earth and the savior that was delivered to mankind. So in other words, the title for the event should be Xmas, just like it says, exit right on out. There are no Santa Clauses. There are no free gifts. Your, your savior was not named Jesus. He was not born in the cold weather out there in some parts of the world. See, so we had the story all wrong, completely wrong. We didn't even know when he was born. We accepted what somebody told us because we didn't have the inward desire or ability to seek the truth as we have now come to know and understand it to be. So I say this all the time, and I want I say it because we, we need to appreciate and be ever conscious of what the death of Yahshua the Messiah accomplished. He allowed, Yahweh allowed Yahshua to sacrifice himself or to just come and get each and every one of us from the death hell, grave, and degradation that we were in. And yes, we were in that. See, and the bad part about it was, and what made it so effective, what makes that satanic spirit so effective is we're not conscious of the death state that we were in. See, we just lollygogging around, thought we were accomplishing something, and we strove to get darker folk 
we were not drawn to the light. The light had to come and get us. So I'm internally grateful and humbled by the fact that Yahshua cared enough about mankind that he would give his life, outpour his spirit, so that we might overcome such ignorance as Christmas and the Savior being born in a, in a cold desert. See, to stop worshiping that, but to accept Yahshua as he really is and actually exists. And come to understand and acknowledge that Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua, these three are one. It is not a trinity. It is a unity. And if you continue on with patience and sincere desire and ask Yahshua, see, to deliver you from the state you were in when you walked in there, it's guaranteed he will do it if you are sincere about it. Don't want to just save your soul. Want to know something about Yahweh's purpose. And then we'll come to understand that within Yahweh's purpose, there is salvation for those that believe and trust. So I'm, I'm interested more so than listening tonight to hear some expressions of what other members of the class are experiencing and also what Yahweh has done for them to deliver them from the state that they were in. So thank you and everybody enjoy the holidays. Uh, be safe while you're with your families. Don't forget that there's Yahweh's putting something out here to show you something and make no mistake about it. It's Yahweh's controlling this virus. See, he's allowing the satanic spirit to, uh, to impose himself or to inflict things on the people to make them defy what they are looking at. And that's the same thing that's a titanic, that satanic spirit does. It causes us to defy the presence, the presence of a creator that can deliver us. And that's what they're imaging in this virus that's out there. They just refuse to believe that the virus can overcome them. And now that's the trick of the devil to make them think that they're a match for something that Yahweh has purposed to prove himself and to show himself and to show forth his power. And the satanic spirit, just like down in Egypt with Pharaoh, he had those Egyptians. That satanic spirit has those Egyptians thinking that they can overcome Yahweh. See, after Yahweh had put even this, this even happened after Yahweh killed the firstborn of man and beast. And Pharaoh still defied that Yahweh was superior to him. And that's why you see a manifestation of people refusing to accept the deliverance from this coronavirus. They just won't take it. Because it's picturing, it's just a, it's just a repeat of those Egyptians down in Egypt when Yahweh decided to free those Israelites from bondage, stagnation, death that had been imposed upon them. The Egyptians, Pharaoh imposed those conditions onto those Israel, Israelites when they were down there, just like mankind imposed those conditions on us. See, with this coronavirus, 
and the different variations from it. They just refuse to be obedient to the deliverance that is being offered up. So you're looking at a mere image, folks. And what this should tell us is that, listen, for first thing of all, Yahweh is real and he does exist. And the second thing is, is what Yahweh meant it when he says he will get his vengeance to those who deny or disobey or will not obey the truth. Yahweh will get his vengeance. And you have evidence that the truth of the matter is that the vaccines work. So we don't want to be in denial. We don't want to be like the world out there shaking their head and being stone fast and just ignorant and I'm my own person and I got something to say about it. You got nothing to say about it. The only thing you got to say about it is ask Yahshua to deliver you from death, hell, and the grave. Thank you, and I appreciate the time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call on, if she's able to talk, Dr. Martu Fleshman. Hello, can you hear Hello. me? Yes, we can. I'm just glad to be here, glad to see. I, I wish I could see all of you. I'm, there are a lot of people here, it looks like, at least 15 or 20, maybe, right? Mm-hmm, correct. I just, got, I just tuned in, I just tuned in, so I don't have anything to say. I just wanna hear, I just wanna listen, um, but I'm glad to be here. And I've got all your numbers now, so I can move <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Glad to have you. Thank you, Dr. Fleshman. I appreciate that. And for our next speaker of the evening, we're happy to call also from our Southfield Michigan class, Dr. Lauren Lewis. Dr. Lewis? I'd like to say good evening to the class. Good evening. I won't be up long, um, but I am a previous, excuse me, enjoyed the previous speakers. And um, I'm happy to have anything to say about, um, about our Heavenly Father, um, Yahweh. Uh, someone can get over for me. Um, uh, John uh, 14 and um, 26, we can start at. That's John 14 and 26. Mm -hmm. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, if you're reading out of the uh, King James Version of the Bible, this is written in red letter. Mm -hmm. And this is what the world has ignorantly called uh, Jesus Christ. And he's saying, but the comforter, if you could read that over for me again, please. But the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. I saying this comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father Yahweh will send in the name, he's going to teach you all things. 
and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever he said unto you. <clears throat> and so read down for me a little bit more, please. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as that, excuse me, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye love me, ye will rejoice, because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Right now, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world give you. Um, read that verse over for me again. Excuse me. Peace I leave with you, my mm -hmm. peace I give unto you, right. not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Right, not what you see out here at this time of the uh, so-called season, you know, peace and joy, you know. He says, not the peace that they talking about out here in right. the world, but he says, my peace. So this is Yahshua the Messiah. He is the peace. He says, my peace I give unto you. Read on. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Right. Now he's repeating it again. That's how he started off the scripture. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. Now he's saying it again. Let not your heart be troubled, troubled neither be afraid. Read on. Mm -hmm. You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice. Because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Mm -hmm. but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do, arise, let us go hence. That's the end. Mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> if you can go back up to, I'm trying to think, um, I think it was in the 20th, in the 14th chapter. Um, Yeah, if you can go up to uh, the 16th verse, I'm sorry. That's John 14 and 16. Yes. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the right. spirit of truth. Mm -hmm. Right, he says, I pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he should abide with you forever all right the holy spirit read on even the spirit of truth whom the mm -hmm. world cannot receive see now the world cannot receive the spirit of truth mm -hmm. you see that's why Yahshua says yeah. down there further he says my peace i give you not of the world see it's not their peace they can't even receive the spirit of truth right. so how are they going to give you peace he says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, read on. Because it see him not. See, it doesn't see Yahweh. It. it doesn't see Yahweh. This world cannot see Yahweh. Read on. Neither knoweth him, mm -hmm. but ye know him, for he dwell, dwelleth with you and shall be in you. 
Right, so they don't know him and can't see him. But Yahweh had, through Yahshua Messiah, shown himself to us. See, but we know him. He dwelleth in us and shall be, he will dwell with you and shall be in you. Read on. I will not leave you comfortless. Right, we're not waiting for the Messiah. I'm sorry, uh, oh, Dr. Brown. We're not waiting for the Messiah to come back. You see him saying, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. Read on. I will come to you mm -hmm. yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. Right, read on. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Right, that's how the scripture starts off. As Yahweh says, you believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. That's what Yahshua says. Now he says, at that day, you should know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you. Read on. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. Mm -hmm. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Master, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Mm -hmm. Joshua answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the father's which father, father, excuse me, which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the comforter, which right. is the spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now we go back right to the first scripture I got, but the comforter, which mm -hmm. is the Holy Spirit, he shall teach you who the father Yahweh, Yahweh is sending that comforter, who we come to find out is the Holy Spirit has a name, Yahshua the Messiah. He's going to teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance. <clears throat> now this school is a product of a divine vision. Teaching is a product of divine vision and revelation which was given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kimley in the state of Ohio. <clears throat> he had a vision from God himself, told him his name, told him his purpose, told him his pattern, told him his plan. You see, not the man himself <clears throat> that gave us the understanding, but it's the Holy Spirit through him that taught us. So that Holy Spirit is Yahshua Messiah. <clears throat> he is going to teach us all things. That's why we can read just like um, 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 the scripture lesson that we had this, this evening, have understanding of what it's talking about, talking about that Christmas tree. We're during this time of this so-called Christmas uh, season, you know, supposed to be the birth of the Messiah. Just like we went over in Tuesday's class is that December 25th is not the birth of the Messiah. And that was gone through beautifully, gone through the lecture that we heard from Dr. Kinley, as well as going through the textbook. And he pointed out in the scriptures, uh, by the scriptures, by the law and the prophets, how that 
Yahshua, the Messiah, was not born in December the 25th in the dead time of the year. as what the world would have you to think and believe. Uh, but what his true birthday is. <clears throat> and that was by proven out of the scriptures. We went over that with that uh, transcript as well, or that lecture, as well as the textbook. But these are not things that we stumbled upon on our own. They had to be given to us and revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. That's by right. the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. And that's what Yahweh is showing me. Don't boast within yourself to think anything of yourself. This understanding does not come but by any way, but it is a gift of Yahweh through Yahshua Messiah revealed by the Holy Spirit. That is the only way that we have this understanding. So then it takes, it puts you or should put you back into a mindset of humility, not judgment. Hey, then look at this one and look at that one and look at this, but thankfulness of what Yahweh has delivered us from. And hopefully someone else, we can impart the gifts and the understanding that Yahweh has given to us. So if you could just pick up in the scripture lesson, I'll touch that for just a little bit um, and then leave room for the next speaker. <clears throat> Let me start at Jeremiah 10 and 1. Uh, yeah, that was scripture lesson, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You can go ahead and start there. Hear ye the word which Yahweh speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith Yahweh, learn not the way of the heathen, and be dismayed at the signs of heaven. This is this is amazing. I'm sorry right now. I might interject a little bit. It's not a whole bunch of principles I'm going to bring out of here. I'm going to leave that for the next speaker. <clears throat> but see, a lot of these things, is so funny. I was even talking to my daughter about, uh, she asked why I use the word when I say pagan, when we talk about <laughs> uh, this holiday time. What's that word mean? And things like that. <clears throat> And was telling her about the Christmas tree and how these things came about. <clears throat> and the scripture talks, it starts off, hear ye the word which Yahweh speaketh unto you. If you can hold this right there, other reader get where Yahweh says, um, Isaiah 55 and uh, 8, please. Got a pull. Oh, sorry. What was that? Isaiah 55 and 8. Uh, thank you. Got it. Isaiah 55 and 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahweh. Right. This is Yahweh saying that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways. Your way, says Yahweh, read on. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, now, I just want to have this rib. See, what a man thinking, it's the scripture talks about that. Uh, there's a way to seem is, mm -hmm. um, right. you know what I'm talking about. And mm -hmm. <laughs> man, you know, our concepts, our opinions, what we think, you know, are not equivalent to what Yahweh thinks. So over here in Jeremiah, it's saying, hear ye the words of Yahweh. We're not talking about the concept. 
We're not talking about your opinion. We're not talking about your traditions and your ideologies and all the things that have been passed down from generations to generations, from your great-grandma Rose and her grandma. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the words of Yahweh. So he says, in Jeremiah, hear ye the words of Yahweh. Read on. house of Israel, thus saith Yahweh, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. Now, for one the of the first things made at them. Now, one of the first things that Yahweh says is, "Be learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven." Read on. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen rip the axe. Now it says, with silver and with gold. The customs of the people are vain. And we know the vain is fruitless, is empty, has no value. Value, excuse me. It says they are cut down a tree out of the forest <clears throat> and they deck it with silver and a gold. Now, doesn't it sound very familiar to your Christmas tree? Now, this is Yahweh, whom the world ignorantly calls and replaces with titles, such as Lord and God. He starts off the scripture, says, be <clears throat> not dismayed and don't do what the, he the heathens do. They go, they get a tree out the forest. They cut it down. They, they, they deck it with silver and gold. They nail it so it's fixed and it does not move. This is what he's talking about the heathen does. Read on. Read on. Four, they deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it moves not. They are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must need be warm because they cannot grow. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do good. Is it don't be for as listen. much as there is none like unto thee, O Yahweh. So he says, be not afraid of them. They don't do evil. Hello? Go ahead, Lauren. Okay. So it says, be not dismayed or... Sorry, I just lost where I was at. Uh, <clears throat> it says, be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, neither is it in them also to do good. It's just a tree that was rituals and traditions and Yahweh saying don't be taken away of by this by the heathen it's nothing to it so right here in Jeremiah the 10th chapter is talking about what we know as this Christmas tree this stuff isn't new you remember back then when Yahweh brought those children of Israel up out of the land of Egypt that's what they were down there and a whole bunch of rituals and traditions and and, and, and gods and lords minutes it was different ways of everything they had back there. It was, I think they referred to it as a polytheistic society. There's so much going on down there. This isn't new. This is a repeat story. You know, just like when we, and I don't want to jump all around, but it's a repeat. Just like it talks about over there in Matthew 24. You know, as the days of Noah were, so also should be the coming of the Son of Man. It's a repeat. Yahweh's telling his story over and over again he's overturning 
so that we are not consumed, so that we can pick Yahweh. If we don't pick him up here, we can pick him up in another spot. He is repeating this story over and over again. <clears throat> this time of year is steeped in, they want to tell you, that it's the best time of year. I was talking to a friend. I said, it's still actually the worst time of the year. You see, just to see the madness of people on the getting, the tangible. You see what I'm saying? The physical stuff. Let me get this toy. Let me get this item. You know, fighting tooth and nail. You know, it's supposed to be the joyous time. It's the most evil people out here. They're cutting you off. They're flipping you off. The heart of man is just waxed cold. You see, but we that have the understanding of Yahshua the Messiah through the gospel, not anything that we've done on our own, but through the preaching of the gospel and the understanding and the gift of the Holy Spirit, we know what the true gift is, the true presence, you see, that we want, that anybody has ever desired, eternal life, being in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah comes from a knowledge and an understanding, not a ritual, not how much you can donate, I mean, a tithe. And, and if you can baptize and how many suppers and ceremonies, how big your Christmas tree is, how much money you can spend during Christmas time to show that you're holy. That's not what's going to get it. But you have to have the Holy Spirit. You have to have the blood of the lamb. Who is the blood of the lamb? If you can show me the elementary chart, you got to have that blood of the lamb in you. See, Yahshua the Messiah is our Passover. He's the lamb sacrifice for us has to be in you, not out of you, not something, a vital force upon you as what a concept is out there. But that has Holy Spirit has to be in you and you have to be in him. You see, and that is the only way that you're able to be presented unto the Father Yahweh. <clears throat> like it says in our doxology, present faultless. You see, we in the physical, how can we be presented faultless? You see, it's only through Yahshua the Messiah. He's the one that's presenting us faultless unto the Father, Yahweh. And with those words, I'll say thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. Enjoy that. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call from our Hamilton, Ontario, Canada branch, Dr. Lionel Von Manjou. Dr. Von Manjou? Well, <clears throat> good evening, world, and, uh, and Southfield, those that are uh, in the world but not of the world. It's a surprise in some ways to be called. Uh, at the same time, boy, you guys go hunting around like sharks for visitors to pop on. So, um, Yes. Something like that. I don't mean that in a bad way or whatever else. It's always a pleasure to get together for class. It's so very important to be mindful of the blessings we have before us, right? We didn't do anything for this. We didn't we weren't out fighting in the streets. We weren't out uh, dealing with all the things that Saul and those apostles dealt with from a physical standpoint, preaching the gospel. You know, we've certainly had some challenges along the way. That's right. We've had that. So, but uh, it's the other way that keeps us upright in all things. And to keep, uh, let's get the doxology. Let me read that. Mm -hmm. The doxology. I'll bring it up for you. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling 
and to yeah. present you. Yes. Now unto him, as if we kick, not unto myself that I keep myself falling, or wait, or my dean, or the secretary of the class, or somebody else, or some higher up person somewhere, or your president, or your prime minister, or anything, unto him that is able to keep you from falling. It was that. That's mm -hmm. Yahweh three Ash Messiah keeps you from falling, right? Read on. Mm -hmm. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign. See, it's through Yahshua the Messiah. Those sirens outside aren't for me, which is great. Um, but it's it's through. Yahshua the Messiah, that all things are reconciled back unto him, unto the Father, as it speaks about in Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 9 and 10, that all things in heaven and earth are reconciled in Yahshua. And when that Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, that Holy Spirit was made manifest in those sons that were the, in those souls. And as those souls went out to preach the gospel, what happened? The Holy Spirit was poured out into those vessels that heard and that believed and accepted and, and and they also grew in that faith as well right you know you and i were learning piecemeal let's go to uh, uh romans the eighth chapter i think it is and um and come on my fingers are not moving the way i want them to at the moment there we go Romans the eighth chapter, and let's go over to uh, twenty-two. That's Romans eight and twenty-two. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Yeah. And now, mm -hmm. no, you're good. Nope. You want that? Oh, continue. No, oh, yeah, keep going. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Oh, you're okay. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we That's are right. we have that you know, we are supposed to be partakers of those first fruits of the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know what 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 is in a fruit? Yeah, lots of vitamin C and tasty things on a nice summer's day. You may want to bite into some fruit and um, and those kinds of things. But in that in that fruit, though, there's seeds, right? And, you know, we're supposed to be the first fruits and a fruition and to have our seeds spread through the gospel that's preached through us, right? To be manifest that we're not dormant, that we're like that tree back there. And the tree is given a certain length of time in order to bear fruit. If it doesn't bear fruit. What happens to it? The axe is laid to the root and the tree is burned up because it's not being fruitful, multiplying, not from a physical standpoint, because that's in previous ages and dispensations, but from the spirit to be fruitful and multiplying. Now, as I as I think about that, and I was in I was blessed to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin on Friday in person in Madison, Wisconsin on Saturday, and that's not to brag. Um, it's just grateful to be able to get out there before the weather got silly and it made me think about fruitful and one could think about the size of one's class and be discouraged when you think of fruitful and we've labored here in Hamilton since 1968 when when the class was established here and 
And Dr. Billy Carroll was sent by the founder up here to uh, to preach the gospel in, in, in the Hamilton, Canada area, because there's a Joseph Heisey, I think, that was up here, or a merchant marine guy, you know, and some other people of, of interest, I suppose. And Billy came up here with some charts and set up in a church in Hamilton. And and uh, one of the churches was, you know, <laughs> Billy was was white as white can be. Um, and, um, you know, he was set up the charts and what would be considered, I guess, as Rod Chandler would call it, a black church in Hamilton. And uh, and they rolled up the charts, I guess, you know, after the church session, you know, Billy had a chance to roll the charts out there. And Rod Chandler, who our dean was there and, you know, would, would stay because not like he was going to go out and drink beer and play darts or whatever people do. Uh, for their pleasure, he stayed and, and listened to the lectures that Billy had given, and, and so would Rod's nephew or, or uh, brother, or so that was the pastor at the church or minister at the church. And it came down to the point in time where one of the scriptures was read, was read where it goes back and says, listen, you know, uh, get thee behind me, Satan, where Yahshua was speaking to Peter. And, and the, it was a crazy, created a great debate there in that class session that the minister was, you know, What's in what's in Peter at that time? It's the satanic spirit that was in Peter at that time. Although, you know, there was a conversion that needed to take place with Peter, and that division caused Billy Carroll to be thrown out of that church. And Rod Channer, after listening to the way Billy had explained it and showed the witnesses, which is always key to the witnesses, went with Billy and they carried on from there. And you think that from all those years that you know we'd have a really big class up here and it's just a handful of people, and you think, well, that's not very fruitful. When you look at the physical numbers of the people, you think, yep, clearly on the surface. But what from what came out of that helped set up the framework for um, grateful for this, that my father came into the teaching and uh, and helped set up the Canadian Constitution for the schools up here and set them up as a charitable organization in order to, um, you know, carry on and rent spaces where people could donate uh, to, you know, you pay rent, there's costs, right? And, you know, not salaries, but costs for just basically being somewhere. And through that, then my father, then, you know, uh, and my mom, you know, sent packages and shirts with some money to uh, Africa. And lo and behold, my mom started to put little school pamphlets in the pockets. So eventually a letter came or communication came from Zambia to my dad asking, hey, and my, or my parents asking, what is this all about? And my dad explained it and then paid for James out of his own pocket to come. To Canada, and I only bring this up from a standpoint that, as much as on the surface um, may not be tangibly fruitful, it's the connections of other people that, through the spirit working in my father, helped bring the Zambian, the Kitwe class, into into being and the efforts there. But that fruit, that seed that's over there, it was fruit through the increase provided that Yahweh provides the increase, right? It's not my father or anybody else or those things that get any of the glory. They just have to dispense and share the gospel is given to them. And, you know, I, I, I recall listening to one of these classes a few weeks back when uh, Dr. Brazil, Rhonda Brazil, had talked about Dr. Channer spending a lot of time on the ages and dispensations chart at the 1975 convention. In between the break session, the, the class session ended during the entire break session, if my, if my recollection of the story is correct, was spent with Dr. Channer spending time with, with, with Eugene and Elena Brazil at the chart there. And the next thing you know, the, the next session was starting. But that sharing of what one was received to other people also created the fruition for sharing to other people. And that's how it goes. Whatever we have received through the, through the, the spirit 
we have an obligation to dispense that and to encourage each other and to love each other in the gospel and the spirit and to preach the gospel fully and completely because we never know what that increase is going to be. It's not the numbers in their geographic location because that influence is international. It is across your town, across the street, in your families. Anyway, I just bring that up as it comes to mind that it is so important to keep on keeping on with what you've been given and been shared being shared the founder said listen don't believe me make me prove it now that's not something like a slogan although it's you know watch for his peace and speak the truth the slogans and the watchwords and so forth at the end of the beginning of the lectures but those aren't just catchphrases to use as a you know as a slogan to be cute like nike just do it or coke the ain't nothing like the real thing that is something that we have to live out that any vessel can speak in these different classes and you get a get it in person or on YouTube or in your living room or or uh, on Zoom like this or whatever, but it's still expedient upon the listener to go and check out to see the things, to check and see if the things that the speakers have said are, are true or not. It's on them. You and I can say anything, and sometimes we do, but it's still important for you to check it out. I remember as a kid, well, just think back to some of the, some of the transcripts that the founder has out there. Sometimes he would say something that's counter to the truth. I'm not saying he was lying, but he was testing the audience to make sure that, it, that they were paying attention, right? And you'd read the transcript and every so often people would say, oh no, that's the, no, no, or yes, they would affirm, right? He's doing it to make sure that people pay attention. And it's the same thing that the spirit work it to make sure we all pay attention. And when we hear things that are a little bit different or off, or wrong, we have an obligation to respectfully and politely seek to understand and try and see where people are coming from. There's a small number of people in these schools and, uh, and there's always supposed to be a remnant. And it's so important for us to make sure that when we hear something we don't understand, to check it out and ask further questions. And that applies to me or anybody. I'm not above anybody else, I'm just some guy, you know, but those things that, that come to mind because it's so easy to say that, you know, oh, well, someone says something that's erroneous doctrine over there or over here, or that person doesn't get it or, you know, fine. But then while we have the opportunity, it's important to reach out and help people. If you see somebody drowning, it's easy to say, well, that person's drowning, they're finished, right? They may be struggling. You may not be able to swim, but maybe you know somebody, or maybe you can get a pole and reach out to them to help them reach that pole and be pulled into safety. You don't know. We, we don't want to write anybody off. Anyway, um, sorry to go on a tangent there. Read on. Now, jump, let's jump down to, uh, well, go down 26, please. Romans 8. That's Romans 8 and 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Yeah. But the mm -hmm. But the spirit itself make it intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Do you have to pray still? Yeah, you should still pray and get to that quiet spot, right? And ask for things, you know, as as the as it says in John, you ask in, in his name, it shall be given unto you. At the same time, sometimes the things we wish for aren't always going to be part of our benefit, you know? Sometimes you ask for things that, you know, I want a big house or something. Like, well, great, you got a big house, but maybe you can't afford the taxes on it. 
or something else, or maybe you physically can't cut the grass or some other things, or, you know, maybe you won't look at for a relationship and you get that relationship and that relationship that takes you away from the things that are important according to Yahweh's purpose and plan or whatever it is, right? But that Holy Spirit, though, helpeth with our infirmities, our challenges, our issues, helps correct things because we don't know what to, we should be praying for, okay? Read 27. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the sons according to the will of Yahweh. See, it's all according to the will of Yahweh, that Yahweh is taking on shape and form as Yahshua the Messiah, and the, and the moderation tells you the name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Joshua. That spirit searcheth and knoweth the hearts and minds, right? Just, you know, we sometimes we can have the most prettiest words in the world, but boy, our intentions are way off. And you have it sometimes in the workplace or in relationships where people are trying to help get things going uh, to accomplish their agenda or their will. And all of a sudden, you know, they say it's so sweet and, and, and you do what they wish you to do to satisfy their agenda, but that's not necessarily what their true intent is. You know, sometimes people have the sweetest things to say, but they, they're, they're inside, their inner man, as it were, is, is corrupt. You know, that adversary is like that. You can see all kinds of things. Just look at what's going on in the world, right? Some of the previous speakers talked about the COVID. Well, if, you know, there's not just the COVID and then there's a variant and another variant and some variants move faster than others. Some variants cause more harm than others. It's same with that lie that's out there. Some lies take you down quick. Some lies are, are going to throw you in your backside and have you reeling for a little bit. So, and some other lies are going to knock you out and put you in, in some deep, deep hurt and trouble, right? But that spirit, right, uh, when you think, when if you go back into Hebrews, I think it is six and four, where the, where, um, where the word of Yahweh, not words, the word of Yahweh is a, a sharp two-edged sword, rightly dividing the, the soul and spirit. A lot of people struggle with understanding soul and different spirit, the difference. But that word of Yahweh or Yahshua is the discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know, just look back there in Genesis where the hearts and uh, the, the mind and people, there was evil continually. Okay, but read on. That's 28. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love Yahweh, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Yeah, those are called according to his purpose, right? You know, <laughs> and and he chose he gave that promise to abraham that the his seed would be like the stars in heaven and the sands of the sea and there they are through you know the different generations down there in, in egypt and in bondage and you think wow but their children promise but some of those children of promise aren't necessarily going to live out to that degree of promise because they don't have that spirit of their heart in them and they're going to be wicked they're going to deny yahweh's purpose and plan and deny that salvation and you know, and come up with all kinds of crazy things. But all things work together, though. That whole story with the children of Israel, though, which tells our picture, works to our benefit or our awareness or our humblingness, if that's a word, to look at it and see, man, we learned something with Yahweh's purpose and plan. How wonderful that this vision that's been presented to us that doesn't cost us anything that we didn't have to labor for brought us out of darkness where now we know that Yahshua the Messiah or Yahshua is his name, his name of salvation. Yahweh is the name of the heavenly father. 
and he's working all these things for his purpose and plan that Yahshua didn't come to institute all those things that were imposed upon us. He came to fulfill them and take him out of the way. Once you've been brought out of that level of darkness by whoever, whatever vessel brought you that way out of darkness, you know, through the spirit working in you and you get into that most holy place or the holy place in the wilderness after passing through the Red Sea through what? Grace and mercy. There's nothing they did or deserve to come through that Red Sea, but they're always faithful and a good husband unto them. And then all of a sudden to get it there in the wilderness to turn around and say that the calf brought you out. You know, or you or I, you or I that have learned something, always purpose and plan to turn around and say, well, no, no, you're saved in so-and-so's name. You're saved in this. You're saved in that. Or there's no one's going to be saved. That That is sheer ignorance where people start to follow the one they think brought them out. And they and they get caught up following the man or the person or someone they respected rather than the truth. Right. Being circumspect is is in exodus 32 i think it is and we all have to be circumspect about these things and to look at it very clearly for yahweh has a purpose and a plan and knows that he predestinated or it, he chose you know he's gonna work his will whether you can i'm not waving around my arms saying hey i'm chosen i'm predestinated i gotta labor on and trudge along but that's not to say i don't believe in, in that yahweh's will he's chosen his from long before but he's going to challenge all of those sons just look what he did with Job. Job was chosen, but the adversary got to have some fun with him, as it were. Not fun, but uh, got to work him over really good, right? But Loom, but he was delivered from that challenge, right? Let's go over to Galatians, the, f the first chapter. Sorry, I'm all over the place here, um, you know, but... Those children of Israel is so important. You think back, you know, that some of the people that are that are following some of the progressive doctrine and so forth, you know, we're 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 bled out of that darkness of, of the church world to learn some of Yahweh's purpose and plan. However, rather than following the cloud or following the truth, they sort of continue following those people that brought them out, thinking that that's that salvation. When Yahweh works with various vessels for a various point in time to accomplish his will. Okay. Uh, Galatians, the first chapter, and maybe the second verse, I guess. Let's do that. Galatians 1 and 2. Uh, yep, let's do that. And all the brethren which are with me unto the assemblies of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from Yahweh the Father and from our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Grace and peace, right? Not, not. You know, works or do this and that, and then we can have our grace and peace. No, it's grace and peace from Yahweh the Father and from our Savior Yahshua the Messiah. Right? You know, mm -hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna see my name in this chapter or anyone else's name. You're not gonna see Doctor Kinley's name in there. You know, it's you're not gonna find his name in the concordance. You know, he worked very hard to keep the gospel straight as he received the divine vision of revelation, and it was his obligation to preach what he was given, and mm -hmm. did that honorably faithfully continually consistently and with a multitude of witnesses okay right. verse four who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of yahweh our father yep he's the delivered Lord. us from our sins and taken us away from that old covenant those carnal ordinances that were against us and imposed upon us right Got to be baptized and circumcised and have that everlasting last supper and all those different things that were that that were taken away and fulfilled. They were 
all works. You can't do anything by works. You know, you it's all through grace and mercy. And the sooner we recognize Yahweh's purpose and plan and what he's been doing over the through the ages and dispensations to work with us and give us these opportunities to pay attention, we it's humbling. Okay, read on. Five. Um, five. Thank you. To whom be glory forever and ever. Hallelujah. And that's where the glory goes. Not to the not to Saul. The glory goes to Yahweh the Father, the Yash, the Messiah. Right? The founder mm -hmm. was never looking for glory. Right. right? It was never about him. And he would be very clear about it. That's Yet man right. is always looking to associate glory on an individual. You know, oh, look at this. Oh, you know, uh, um, Steve Jobs and all the work he did at Apple or someone else or Henry Ford or all these notable people. The great people are always looking to give credit to all kinds of people throughout the ages and dispensations and so forth. But nope, the founder kept, you know, he kept focused on preaching Yahshua the Messiah. You know, read on six. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Yahshua unto another gospel. See, and when he marvels that they're so soon removed from him that called mm -hmm. you, the one that brought you into this age of grace. Mm -hmm. He's amazed that they've so so soon turn away. And when you go back and look at Acts 15th chapter, where where Yahshua, uh, when Yahshua was, was Saul's there, and certain men from Judea came down and said, "Oh no, you got to be circumcised, like like in the days of Moses." And he had what? He said, "Oh, okay, you came from Judea. We're going to go with it." No, they had no small disputation with them. Right, and they and they went they went up to Judea to, to correct the issue that was presented to them, or to clarify to see where this mistake was coming from. Right, mm -hmm. because he fulfilled, and it's the same thing. He's marvelous. So soon, the one removed. It's the same story in Galatians first. The same thing when you look at the children of Israel, you'd be mm -hmm. marvel at how soon they turned away from the great cloud and the and the, the salvation, the Red Sea, to all of a sudden worship calf. And to forsake the name of Yahweh and do all those kinds of things. Okay. Uh, over and over again. You can marvel. If we marvel. We should still marvel that. How could it be that these people through, that came in through this institute learned about Yahweh's purpose and plan and have wandered off or, or went down some dark path somewhere that didn't look dark at the time, but wandered off because they didn't check things out or fell in love with the man or, or the woman teaching or whatever. It's not gender specific. You know, mm -hmm. but you marvel. So soon removed from them. The college and the grace, the Messiah, and to, unto another evangel. So that makes you think, what? There's a colon there. What? There's another evangel? Verse seven. No, which is not another. That's right. Yeah. There is not another. There's one evangel. There's one way, one truth, and one life. And that's in Yahshua the Messiah. When you look at the elementary church, there's only one way. He's reconciling all things into himself, not into himself and somebody else. It's right. You see that right there in the apostasy chart. That's what gets you through. Um, all that stuff that you see in, on that, uh, yeah, I gotta scroll down a little bit there. There you go. I know you got it. Sweet. There you go. You see that white rectangle, long, elongated rectangle there, the way, the truth, and life. And if you get close to these charts or you zoom in at your own leisure at home or whatever it is, you pull them up online somewhere, you see what's going on in that holy place part of that chart. That, that those are those wheat and those tares that are growing up around that good seed, right? Those. Those those liars and those uh, the various church organizations or the various philosophers that are trying to get you to think about something else other than Yahshua the Messiah. Just you know, if we're driving and we're on a path on the road, those guys are like distracted driving. 
there's there's the, those are the kids in the back seat of the car and the car beside you that are making noise. That's that sign in the distance says, oh, all you can eat buffet for $5.99. Whatever else it is, they're trying to distract you from your destination. Mm -hmm. A destination that we don't choose it. Well, we're, we're called in destination, but we still have to go through the effort to try and move, you know, be worthy. You can't just sit back in the lawn chair and just say, oh, I'm called. I'm going to be just fine. You have to be diligent and have to be tried. And the only way you can be tried is to uh, put some effort into anything you do, which is not about your effort, but you still have to work, work at a few things. You know, not for your grace and mercy, but to to preach the gospel, to lift each other up, to do the things required to make sure that the gospel is preached. Not that Yahweh can't do it himself, but he has the uses vessels for his purpose, right? But there's not another evangel, but there'll be some that are going to trouble you, not just physically. They're going to trouble you psychologically. They're going to trouble you with with saying things that aren't true, and they're going to have no witnesses with them, right? That would pervert the glad tidings. Right, verse eight. But thou, excuse me, but though we or another angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. Yep. If someone's going to preach something else, let them be a curse, right? Because the gospel that Paul's speaking, what's he coming with? He's coming with witnesses, right? What's Peter preaching? He's coming with witnesses. We'll go to Second Peter. Um, they're coming with a great cloud of witnesses. They're going back in the law and the prophet. They're working with the, with the various tools that are there. The the scribe. Uh, they're not they're not winging it. Okay, we go to Second Peter chapter one, and uh, verse fifteen. Peter wasn't going to live forever, and Peter and Paul and John, all those boys are all saying the same thing. They may have slightly different phrasing. But their heart and, and soul are focused on Yahshua the Messiah. Second Peter 1 and 15. If you can read one, one verse at a time. Okay, so we'll second Peter 1 and 15. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. That's right. He, there's a point in time where he's going to pass. He's going to come out of that tabernacle. He's not there to live forever. And same right. with the founder. He would go back in the later years. He would still be talking about Moses, the children of Israel, the promise of Abraham, how that, that there's a period of time when things were instituted and how Yahshua Messiah came to fulfill to lead you to that point of the Holy Spirit. We'll bring you back to those letters that were written by those apostles after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And bring us back to those remembrance before the close of this age. Because you'd easily think, well, wh what happened after, you know, Peter, James, and John, and Saul, whatever. You know, there's a big gap in time, as it were. Well, <laughs> you know, but there's those that believed on the report all along the line. And this is, as this end of the age wraps up, it's like ringing the dinner bell or something like that, where it's getting out the message to go back and pay attention to that gospel that was poured out, which is that Holy Spirit. And look at those witnesses. And he's going to make sure that after his decrease to make sure that these people, those sons in Yahshua, have that in remembrance. Verse 16. For we have not followed cunning device fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty that's right we haven't followed cunning device fables right you look at the chart you look you know if you look at the chart on the screen in front of you those are stories 
Yes, but those stories all have principles and precepts upon them. The, the, the bloodline, a water line, a spirit line, a 40 line, an ascending, a descending, a, a blood, a death, burial, resurrection. Those principles are all matching up on the different plates there. And listen, there's other stories that match those same principles that aren't on this particular chart. There's a 40 foot chart. And there's going to be, you know, if you examine various stories of the book, all the stories are going to have those same principles over and over again. That's how you know they're not cunningly devised fables because they all fit together. We're not here preaching Santa Claus and, and all that kind of stuff and elves and, and St. Nick or whatever else you want to do. Those are cunningly devised fables. Like, thank you. Sorry, I've gone on, on and on and on here, but I acknowledge the uh, the sign there. We haven't followed cunningly devised fables. That's right. You know, and he said, when we've made known unto you the power and coming of the Savior, Yash Messiah, that's that fulfillment that's taken away those things that are works to give you the grace and they were empowered with the holy spirit to speak boldly and to testify and proclaim the name of yahshua the messiah as you read in acts the fourth chapter verse 12 and in that same chapter of acts they said they couldn't speak anything else but what they had seen and heard what's that tell you that tells you the things they witnessed the things they experienced the things they saw they knew with a surety that that was the truth and a great cloud of witnesses. And it's the same thing here, you know, that we need to be mindful of all of these things and be exceedingly grateful and, and love each other and try and understand each other. You know, the only thing we can really love about each other anyway is, is, is the Messiah in us or Yahshua in you and in me and each, in each other. And if, if people are struggling with various things and various life issues or doctrinal issues let's be patient and humble and apt to teach and lift them up and lift each other up because we all need help my heart goes out to a lot of people in this world when i was in dallas i was super excited to see um, one of the brothers down there who's you know dealing with uh, some health issues i'd never met him but i was sending him some cards to cheer him up it's i've never met this guy i could hear his voice on the phoenix zoom and it's like, what a treat it was to see him in person. You know, we could have walked by each other on the sidewalk, but to, but to be together and to lift each other up and encourage and to live, you know, it's so important. And, and my heart goes out to Carl. I think Carl's on here tonight. I'm thinking about you, brother. Be strong. Anyway, I'm going to be quiet. Peace and Yahshua. Mm, hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Von Manjou. We do appreciate that. And before we call on our next speaker, we'd like to re, uh, to let everyone know to please stay on after the recording has ended for a special announcement. And at this time, we're happy to call also from our Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Dr. Brazil. Pardon? Okay. Is that better? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Good evening, everyone. Sorry, we have multiple devices going. Um, I appreciate the opportunity yet again to have anything to say about our Heavenly Father. And I don't have anything to say. It is Yahshua, 
who has given it and is Yashua that has to be the one to deliver it um, to the body. Now, as the um, beginning of the class started off talking about this season, and it's talking about this um, um, celebration of the birth of Christ during this season. And um, we know that through by this divine vision and revelation, Yahweh shared with us the mysteries, the mystery that Yahshua, who is truly the one that was born in the world, Yahshua the Messiah, um, was not born during this winter time of the year. Now, um, this may be hyper technical, but um, there was never anybody born in the world named Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. We have to kind of remember that. There was never anyone that ever walked the Judean hills 2,000 years ago named Jesus Christ. That individual never existed. Now, he celebrated all over the world, this Jesus Christ. He's not the same as Yahshua. Jesus Christ is not the one who is depicted in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and talked about in the scriptures leading up to his birth through the Virgin Miriam. That is not Jesus Christ. In your King James Version of the Bible, they have inserted that erroneous moniker of Jesus Christ into the Bible, into the scripture or the um, the script that was written by the um, apostles and those companions of the apostles after the Messiah's death, burial, resurrection. They inserted the moniker of Jesus Christ in there. But truly, the one who is depicted in your Bible is Yahshua. Now, Jesus Christ set up a Christian example for you to follow, was born on December 25th, and was half human and half divine, and um, was in the world to show you how to live righteously under the Ten Commandment law. None of that that I just recited about Jesus Christ is in your Bible at all, none of it. That was a created concept of Jesus Christ that was all fabricated about him. Third person of the Trinity, the whole bit. All of that is a fabrication. None of that appears in the scriptures or in your Bible at all. So, Jesus may have been born December 25th, but Yahshua certainly was not. 
and the Savior certainly was not. And Jesus was born as a concocted concept. He was never born in the physical, um, as a physical person. Now, Yahweh has so graciously, and as the previous speakers has already discussed this, the mercy of Yahweh to allow us to even know anything about this whatsoever. So what, whatever little remaining time, um, just to, to repeat what it is that we went through already about our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, and the principle of his actual birth and what and where he is today. Um, the Yahshua, the Messiah, is very much still present. I was listening to um, a lecture of Dr. Kelly where he was um, declaring that he was ready. Dr. Killing was declaring, I'm ready. I am prepared. I'm ready to be revealed. You understand? And Yahweh has had me in this mindset about what it is we ought to be thinking about or uh, what our current mindset should be in this present kingdom age and dispensation that we live in. So it's already been touched on by the previous speakers that the world is focusing on the physical birth of the Messiah on the fictional date of December 25th. But the actual birth of Yahshua in this age occurred on the day of Pentecost and was a, um, how could I put it? The spiritual reality of what his physical birth on that date reflected. So as it was brought out so amazingly by our founder in the brief lecture, that was um, presented on Tuesday's class. You read over there in Romans 5 and 12, if you can get that right quick. It's Romans 5 and 12. Uh -huh. Wherefore, as by one man, sin mm -hmm. entered into the world and death right. by sin. Mm -hmm. And so death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. Right. Keep reading. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Now, the entire world has read this in the Bible. Many of your theologians have read this in the Bible. But without a prophetic vision that Yahweh gave at the end of this age, there was no way for us to comprehend at all what Paul is talking about here. 
as one man brought sin into the world and death by sin, that man, Adam, and can you repeat that last verse again? And mm -hmm. tell me what verse that is. Mm -hmm. That's verse 14. Uh -huh. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, mm -hmm. even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure of him that was to come. Now, the death that occurred was when Adam partook of that fruit as he was commanded not to. He died instantaneously in his conscience, in his mind, his consciousness being darkened and the con condemnation of having done contrary to what Yahweh had said, set in his mind. And where he was a living soul, he died in his soul on that day. Now that's the death that reigned in man from Adam to Moses. And the reason why Paul is talking about Moses there and the death reigning from Adam to Moses, that was without the law coming in because once the law came in and pointed out sin, then death reigned from Moses to the Messiah under the law. You had death reigning in the conscience of man without the law up until Moses. And then death reigning in the man now being made conscious of the fact that he is under sin and penalty of death with the law of Moses, from Moses to the Messiah. Now, there was the clue that Paul signified by the Holy Spirit that the man Adam was a figure of him, the Messiah, that was to come. So we have to go back to the man, Adam, to understand something about our Heavenly Father manifesting in the flesh as the Messiah. He was a figure of him that was to come, the prophesied Messiah that was to come. So here, this man, Adam, we have recorded in Genesis that he was created in the likeness and image of God, or likeness and image of Yahweh Elohim, and that his creation took place on the sixth day of creation. Now, as Dr. Kinley so plainly put it, if he's a figure of the one that was to come, and he was created on the sixth day, then the one that was to come had to come in on the sixth of something. It couldn't have been the 25th. And as he beautifully brought out in the days of creation where the man is created on that sixth day and placed in the garden, he's placed in a garden that's in fruition. He's not placed in the garden in the dead of winter and having to sweep away snow to find anything to eat. He is placed in the garden 
when the garden is in fruition. Now to pinpoint that month, Yahweh revealed a multitude of amazing witnesses. But I'm only going to go to one. And that is the exodus of the children of Israel. And when Moses is actually having this vision of Adam. Moses is the celebrated writer of the book of Genesis that depicts the man Adam being created on the sixth day in the likeness and image of Yahweh Elohim. Well, when did Moses see that? So here, the children of Israel were instructed of Yahweh in coming up out of Egypt. That's over in Exodus, the 12th chapter, and the also Exodus the 13th chapter where Yahweh identified the month that they came up out of Egypt as the month of Abib or April. That's certainly not a time of the year where there's going to be snow on the ground. We were talking about this the other day. That is depicting and during that time the first of the feast days come into existence and one of those feast days is the feast of first fruits of the barley grain so there's a harvest going on during that time and there's certainly not a planting or a, a burial of any sort they're they're bringing the land is yielding fruit at that time first fruit he's yielding plant he's yielding those things that are um um, that have already been planted and so the messiah coming in he's coming in and this is the thing that the entire world is incorrect about the messiah is not coming in starting anything everything he's doing has already been started and is depicted back in the scriptures prophesying of what he's coming in to do he's in the physical form to fulfill those things that are written of him not to institute anything and none of us knew anything about that except this vision brought that out it was always as the previous speaker talked about these things aren't new it was always in the bible but without a prophetic vision the people perished you cannot understand anything about it and that's why we are eternally grateful because we understand the mercy that yahweh has bestowed upon us so when moses was instructed to take out that lamb in april the first month of the year being april and they did so and after they left out and were thrust out of the land of egypt they traveled 53 days or 50 days from the time they come through the red sea it was three days journey to and through the red sea and from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai was 50 days journey. And where they, they come to Mount Sinai is in Exodus, the 19th chapter, that Moses is there. It says, uh, you can get that one, Exodus 19 and 1. That's Exodus 19 and 1. Yep. In the third month, 
when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the right. same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. Now we could not again, once again, could not have just read that in the Bible and understood anything about it. Many Bible theologians have read this. They have not understood whatsoever what this is talking about. The third month, because they don't understand what the first month is, they get the third month wrong. It's not March. The third month will be the third month from April, which is the first month, which would be the Hebrew Abib is the first month, the Hebrew month of Sivan, S-I-V-A-N. That corresponds to our month of June. The third month, and what this vision allowed us to see and understand about what's being written here, the third month, the same day, that would mean the third day, third month, third day, they are approaching Mount Sinai. They've come to the mount. Go ahead and read on. For, for they were departed from Rephidim, and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And right. there Israel kept before the mount. Right. And right. Moses went up unto Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Amen. Unto Elohim. And Yahweh called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. And how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Mm -hmm. Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my commandment, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye <laughs> shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These right. are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Uh -huh. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which Yahweh commanded them. Mm -hmm. And all the people answered together and said, all that Yahweh has spoken, we will do. Mm -hmm. And Moses returned the words of the people unto Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh said unto Moses, lo, I come unto thee, in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh said unto Moses, go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. Mm -hmm. Be ready against the third day. For uh -huh. the third day, Yahweh will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. Okay. Now, Yahweh said, and he caused Moses to write and record that they came up out of Egypt and they appeared at the mount on the third month, the same day. That's June the 3rd. And Yahweh is saying that he will speak down his commandments to them. And he's told them to wash themselves and sanctify themselves and to be ready against the third day. 
So he's speaking to them through Moses on this third day, telling them to wash themselves today and tomorrow and be ready against the third day from that point. So that means that after they are washed and they've cleaned themselves and sanctified themselves, they are going to appear before Yahweh and Yahweh is going to speak to them on the sixth day, three days from the time that they arrive there. They're given that time, three days, to wash themselves and be ready against that third day because he will speak down to them. Now, this mm -hmm. is all an allegory and type and shadow of when the Messiah is coming in. First of all, Moses is there and he's there with the children of Israel listening to the commandments of Yahweh. You, if you read on further in the 19th, uh, chapter you will see that we won't read it right now for the second time but if you read on further there you will see that he begins to tell them what it is that he has commanded and mm -hmm. exodus the 20th chapter starts what we call the 10 commandment law so here he's speaking the law down into the hearing of the people on june the 6th in real time with the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. June the 6th is when the law gets spoken into them after they've been washed mm. and sanctified. That is a natural that's occurring back there to understand the spiritual which will occur mm -hmm. on the day of Pentecost with now look, the same people. When they came up out of Egypt, there were nothing but Jews that were surrounding that mount. And so in the fulfillment, because he's fulfilling what's written of him in the scriptures, when he's born into the world to die for the sins of mankind, he is fulfilling the man Adam, who was the first created son, mm -hmm in the world appearing on the sixth day. And that, that month of June is when Moses went up into the mountain. So you have from Exodus the 20th chapter all the way over to Exodus the 24th chapter, Yahweh speaking into the children of Israel's hearing the law of commandments and ordinances. Then in Exodus 24th chapter, he says, come up unto me you understand so we're still in the month of june you understand and he's calling moses up into that mountain to receive the law that he has written so in the month of june on the sixth day moses sees the created man adam come into the world so on the month of it's definitely got to be the sixth day or something right so the sixth day of June, Yahshua fulfilling the S-O-A-N, the son of man coming in, pressing through the loins of a woman as the figure Adam was born or came into the world on June the 6th in Moses' vision. So Yahshua fulfills that physically so. 
And as the law was spoken down into the hearing of the children of Israel, after they were washed and sanctified unto Yahweh, so was the day of Pentecost, the date June the 6th, being spoken into the hearts and minds of those Jews that had, look, participated in John's baptism, which was the burial, and were being washed and sanctified, but the washing of regeneration by the word, which was also prefigured with the Messiah in fulfillment when he washed their feet at the last supper. They were being washed by the word. All, only the Jews there, the disciples, their feet being washed because they're going to enter into the ministry and be the ones that carry the truth of Yahshua into the world. So on the day of Pentecost, because Yahshua told them, you remain in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Then you go and you preach to all nations, repentance and remission of sin in his name. So they did that after they received Pentecost, after they received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And that was the day that Yahshua was born in the hearts and minds of men as the Holy Spirit in this age. Right. It was June the 6th. He was born physically in the world under the law on June the 6th. That's the previous age, however. The, the third age. We're in the fourth age. And he's born in the hearts and minds of men on June the 6th. That's truly the law. He is the spirit. He is the law of the spirit of life in Yahshua Messiah. He is that law being written in your heart and mind by the Holy Spirit. Now he's manifest in you. Now this occurred on the, for the Jews on June 6th, AD 33 or 53 days after the Messiah's death, burial, resurrection, ascension, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is Pentecost, 53 days later. Just like 53 days they journeyed from Egypt and got to that mountain and received that law in their hearing back then with Moses. He fulfilled that jot and tittle. This actually proves the absolute infallibility of Yahweh's operation and how precise and perfect he does the thing. Yahweh does not do things sloppy, half, happenstance and halfway. He is absolutely precise, mathematically too, just precise. And so when that is born into the hearts and minds of the Jews, they're carrying that out to the world and the Gentiles are grafted in by Pentecost. Now, mind you, it is the same Pentecost. There's only one resurrection. That Pentecost occurred for the Gentiles on June the 6th, AD 40, seven years after, seven years after the Messiah's um, death, burial, resurrection, outpouring the Holy Spirit on the Jews. 
So this is when, again, June the 6th, he's born to the hearts and minds of those that are considered Gentiles, not born Jews or having been um, required to perform under the law, the Gentiles. Now, um, this same Pentecost is occurring for you and I and others, all those that will receive Yahshua the Messiah at the preaching of the gospel. And this is, and I want you to get this right quick, get Ephesians 1 and 13. So you could start at 1 and 9, I think. Ephesians 1 and you said 9? Yeah, I think. Okay. Having made known unto us the mystery right. of his will, uh -huh. according to his good pleasure, which he hath purpose in himself. Right. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time, mm -hmm. he might gather together in one mm -hmm. all things in Yahshua, mm -hmm. both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even right. in him. Right. And whom also we have obtained an inheritance. That's right. Predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Right. Return. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Yahshua. Now, who first trusted in Yahshua. Go ahead and read on. Mm -hmm. And whom ye also trusted right. after that ye heard the word of truth. Right gospel of your salvation and whom also after that ye believed right after you heard mm -hmm. the word of truth the gospel of your salvation the ones that first trusted were the jews these that also trusted were the gentiles mm -hmm. and they after they heard it mm -hmm. they believed it and when they believed it, what does it say happened to them? Mm -hmm. And whom also after you believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. They received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. They were also washed by the washing of regeneration. Mm -hmm. Just as the Jews were on the day of Pentecost in AD 33, these mm -hmm. also were washed. And all those that receive Yahshua Messiah and believe him receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that Pentecost is still occurring right now down here, 2021. There are those that are receiving the Holy Spirit after believing Yahweh's report. And when this, this is the magnificent thing about it. Just as you had back there with the children of Israel, before they had their journey, they had to partake of that Passover feast. Okay. That Passover feast was reflecting <coughs> this receiving or taking in of Yahshua, the Messiah, that Paschal mm -hmm. Lamb was a type of Yahshua the Messiah, which had to be consumed, digested, or ingested. It mm -hmm. had to be in them. Mm -hmm. 
You understand? Now, the only ones that could partake of that Paschal lamb were those that had been circumcised. Mm-hmm. Yahweh instructed, and you go back and you read this for yourself in Exodus, the 12th chapter, about who could eat that Passover. That there was no stranger or foreigner who were able to eat it. There's no Gentile, no stranger or foreigner. Those that were bought with money in their homes, they had to be circumcised. And if they were circumcised, they would be considered as one born in the land or they would be considered as a Hebrew, as a Jew like them and are able to partake of the Passover. Now, this is a very important point. And not to be missed, you have to understand that Yahweh has instructed Moses to record this this way. And that is that those that are circumcised are the ones that can take in that Passover, Paschal lamb. And in like manner, from a spiritual standpoint, anyone who takes in Yahshua Messiah or partakes of that supper with him, as it says over there in Revelation, third chapter, 20th verse. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open, I will come into him and sup with him. You understand? Right. He's coming in to sup. And that happens after you hear his voice what has to transpire is the circumcision of your ears the circumcision of your heart and mind now circumcision under the law from a physical standpoint was the cutting away of that flap of flesh off of the male reproductive organ to reveal the head that was described that way while we were in that um, conference in Dallas. And when that was said, I was like, hey, here, how many times have you heard these principles? But as I was talking to brethren before we came on to about the, the Matrix movies and the newest one that came out and I went back and watched the other ones, which I have seen a gabillion times and saw something new. (laughs) There was something I hadn't seen before revealed to me when I watched it again. And it was just a principle to me that Yahweh is sharing about the repetition and the rehearsal of the principles of the gospel. Yahweh will reveal it to you He reveals something to you deeper, something you hadn't even seen before. And so that circumcision from a physical standpoint is the cutting away of that extra flesh to reveal and expose the head of that male reproductive organ. So the circumcision from a spiritual standpoint, I see your five-minute bell has to take place circumcising and cutting away the flesh that all that extra flesh in your head 
to reveal the true head, which is Yahshua the Messiah. And then and only then can you take in Yahshua the Messiah. You have to be circumcised in your heart and in your mind. You have to be circumcised in your ears. And I was thinking about how, and as the previous speaker talked about going over these things with people in the world that are not accustomed to hearing any of this. And whether they hear it depends on whether they are circumcised. And then they're able to partake of the lamb. And then they're able to be washed by regeneration by the Holy Spirit, as it depicts there in Ephesians the first chapter 13th through, I think it must be 16th verses, where he's describing that process. After you trusted, you also trusted after you heard it. And when you believed it, you received the Holy Spirit of promise. And now you're able to have some confidence and trust in Yahshua Messiah. So where are we and what should we be thinking about in this present kingdom dispensation and age the dispensation of grace that you currently abide in and the dispensation of immort the kingdom of immortality being manifest in mortality this is a present reality you have undergone and went through and received pentecost and there are no more works like none at all and I, in that lecture we had, I love that statement, Dr. Killing, where he said, now we don't think nothing about this stuff. <laughs> this is Christmas, he said. He said, Christmas to us ain't no different than Monday next week. <laughs> and that's heavy duty. But that's the truth. It don't mean a thing. You understand what I'm saying to you? Because we've been circumcised. We've been translated. And we're not dealing with in some physical whatever high holy day it ain't nobody gonna condemn us about it period <laughs> it's not happening you're not gonna feel bad and what should be your present state of mind you are free from that literally you are free from it that don't mean nothing to Yahweh and I, I've been thinking about this with this holiday this holiday ain't got nothing to do with God Ain't got nothing to do with the Savior. <laughs> Ain't got nothing to do with Yahweh. Not to, no, it don't. They tell you that this is the birth date of your Messiah. That's all false. All false. We don't think nothing about the lies in this world. And that's exactly how Dr. Kelly put it. I mean, nothing. We, all this tomfoolery, he called it. And that's the mindset of Yahweh about this. You know, I don't know respect for no doggone gods. He's been created around this holiday. Yahweh ain't thinking nothing about that. And we ain't either. Because we got the spirit of Yahweh dwelling in us. We are free. And we are happy. And we are truly people that are joyous in the world. Because we are ready to be revealed shortly and we see that that is imminent and our mindset is concentrating on the spirit that yashua has placed in us that has washed us of all condemnation and continues to flourish in us as we grow in grace so i hope you did get something out of it and come back and study with us 
and we'll go in depth again into these things about why we are so happy during this time of year to be free of it. I hope you did get something out of it. And if you did, all praise and glory go to Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you so much, Dr. Brazil. And once again, please stay on after the recording has stopped for a special announcement. We want to once again thank all of our, our speakers for their beautiful testimony. And we want to also acknowledge all our visiting brethren. We do acknowledge you and we are always glad when you come out to sup with us as we do appreciate the support. We do hold our classes here every Tuesday and Thursday on Zoom from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Sundays from 11.30 to 1.30 p.m. May we all um, stand in our hearts and minds to give reverence unto our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, with the doxology. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present your soul faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power before all time, now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah.